Welcome to the Coffee Buzz. I'm Brad. Thank you for joining me today. I know it's Tuesday, and uh, I usually come out with an episode on Mondays when it happens, but, uh, you know, supply chain issues, man, they're affecting everybody. Um, hopefully we're, we're past the supply chain issue here, but you never know. I, I could foresee that happening possibly in April. I'll try to give you a heads up, <laughs> let you know what's coming down the pike. How's your day going today? You feeling good? Uh, hopefully you haven't had too much coffee, because I did hear about a guy that actually overdosed on coffee. Um, my wife, she uh, said, hey, have you heard about this guy that, uh, that overdosed on coffee? He died. And I kind of got a little panicked. I immediately said, how many cups of coffee did he have? Because, you know, sometimes I, uh, I chase that dragon a little too closely um, on the weekends. And uh, I, uh, I've been known to have a few cups of coffee over the limit. You know what I mean? But uh, no, the coroner report, it was a uh, personal trainer that died of a caffeine overdose specifically. Um, apparently he was taking some type of uh, supplement and his recommended uh, dosage was, uh, was off by a long shot. Uh, I think he forgot or didn't have like the measuring uh, spoon with him. So he just kind of, you know, did the old guesstimate. And he had the equivalent, basically, of 200 cups of coffee. And, uh, yeah, he, he kind of, like, felt weird after that, as you, as you could think of. Because this caffeine powder, he, you know, he essentially just had probably the amount of coffee that I have in a month in one setting. And uh, he, he kind of felt, like, a little lightheaded, so he, he, uh, he laid down. He felt like his heart was beating too fast. And uh, shortly thereafter, it was it was kind of curtains for him, you know. So watch yourself out there. Yeah, there is too much of a good thing when it comes to coffee. Um, you probably don't have the problems that, that this guy does, though. Um, 200 cups, man. If you are using that, uh, that powder, that caffeine powder, make sure you get your dosage right. I don't know. I, I don't think I could uh, do with a caffeine powder. That's just too much... Uh, power to have you know what I mean <laughs> oh what else is going on I I finished a book my second book of the year wow I can't believe I'm down two books this is twice as much as I read last year uh, we'll see how many I can get through but the latest one that I finished was Treasure Hunt it's by Rizwan Verk uh, really interesting book it's all about like recognizing the clues that can lead you to your dream life. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. So this book really appealed to me. You know, some people, they know what they want to be from childhood, right? Uh, they're just set on that path from an early age, and they're just locked in. Uh, I think we all have a friend or two like that, but most of the people I know are like myself, and not exactly crystal clear on the next step 100% of the time. And, you know, I see it both ways. I see some people that are way too left brain oriented and then uh, kind of overly analytical about everything. And they might miss clues or, uh, you know, miss an opportunity. And then on the flip side, you know, there's people that are too right brained and, um, 
you know, they have a dream about Italy and they wake up, they quit their job and they move there the next day. Uh, so there's, there's a balance. And this book helps to sort of strike that balance. It's kind of a roadmap, you know, just on how to recognize what the author calls a clue life cycle. You know, one clue, he says, leads to another, which leads to another, and so on. And the clues to pay attention to are those feelings of, you know, the hunch that you get, like, oh, that looks like a good business to start, or maybe I should, uh, maybe I should start working out, or maybe it's a synchronicity or a coincidence. Um, sometimes it's a sense of certainty or deja vu, those kind of things. That's what we need to kind of pay attention to. And when we start to do that, we notice this sort of invisible hand or this like inner mentor that kind of points thing out to us at just the right time. It's like having our own like Obi-Wan Kenobi or Gandalf. Um, but here's a few rules for uh, identifying the clues. Number one, is it unusual? You know, is it out of the ordinary? Is it something you don't notice very often? Uh, the second thing you want to do is ask yourself, does it repeat? If a clue is important to us, it will come up more than once. And the third is kind of an interpretation. You know, what does the clue mean to you? Because you and I might have a very different interpretation of a pink dinosaur. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at that totally different ways. And another really great takeaway for me in this book was that we all have these themes that come up in our lives over and over and over again. And uh, I know for myself, these patterns sometimes go unnoticed. And this is why that we need to keep a notebook. I call mine the book of clues, because that's what the author told me to call it. But you can call it whatever you want, your daily journal, whatever you want to do. But one thing that's important to recognize, the difference between clues and internal patterns of behavior you know, and this is where that clue life cycle comes along and is helpful in recognizing the patterns. Um, you know, the, the author describes patterns as something that happens in the outside world and it happens at least three times. And this is like when someone, you know, gets into a relationship, maybe they, you know, when the, as far as the patterns, this is like if you get into that relationship over and over again, or you find that no matter what job you work at, you have the same jerk boss. And these external patterns are usually reflections of the internal pattern. And these type of situations can help us to learn and overcome them. You know, these are what he calls the anti-clues. And one way to tell the difference between a clue and an anti-clue is, you know, that sensation of the patterns happens. We just take a deep breath, maybe a few, maybe even do like yoga or meditation or breathing exercise because that's, that's how we tap into our energy. And these internal patterns are manifested in our energy fields. And over our lifetime, you know, we develop what he calls scars in our energy fields. And these little imperfections are, you know, fears, habits, negative emotions. And sometimes they skew our, our judgment of cause and effect. 
and I know that when I think about my patterns, you know, I always associate kind of a negative feeling to those, you know, like, oh, those patterns, those old patterns are coming back. But he compares these patterns to dragons, which I love. <laughs> and he says, if you try to feed the dragon, it will eat you. If you try to fight the dragon, it will kill you. But if you learn to ride the dragon, you can take advantage of its might, its power. And they're not they're not bad things. These patterns actually come from our strengths. And the idea is to recognize what's a clue from an anti-clue. So if you have an intuition, just write it down. And you, we're going to build up that book of clues and start the treasure map. That clue life cycle that I talked about earlier, it, it typically starts with intuition. You know, is it unusual? Write it down. Number two is interpretation. What is the clue trying to tell me right now? And the next step is not action, it's confirmation. So before we jump on that plane to Italy, we need to wait. <laughs> wait for the universe to tell us, uh, wait for something to repeat and validate that clue in some way. And after that, you do take the action. Once it's confirmed, you go and take whatever action, just any action, that's in the direction of the clue. And some clues give us directions, some clues give us timing, but usually not at the same time. You know, once we have that validation on the action, you take another step, and then the cycle basically repeats itself. You know, I like this strategy because I've been too right brain before, and I rush into an idea uh, before it's fully kind of incubated. And also I've been guilty of being too left brain obsessed and kind of overly cautious and not taking any action. So this is a nice uh, way to just like strike that balance. If you're a dreamer, this book is big into dreams as a source of clues. Uh, I like one part where he says, if you get a big dream and it feels like, you know, some direction or clue that you're supposed to do, he says it's a good idea to honor that dream in some way. You know, that can be writing it down, drawing a picture of something you saw in the dream. Um, but if you do this, the dreams will come more vividly and more frequently. And I think this holds true for the clues as well. Once you start to take notice of them, uh, they come more frequently. I know just in the short time that I've been jotting down my book of clues, things are kind of starting to add up a little bit more. Things I probably would not have noticed had I just uh, not been <laughs> keeping track. It would have just been sort of like one of those things that happens like, oh, that's interesting. And you just move on with life and forget all about it. Uh, by writing it down, we can track these things. We can hone that GPS, you know, for uh, noticing our clues. And we can flex that clue muscle and fulfill our greatest lives ever. Thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. I hope you take the time and uh, drop me a review. Um, check out the website for all the backlog episodes at the coffeebuzzpodcast.com. You can also find me on all the social medias at this, the, the Coffee Buzz PC. And as always, you can send me an email if you'd like to, the Coffee Buzz Podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you so much again, and I will talk to you next week.